We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it, because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people, right? You want people to care, you want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one too. with cheese and France, Mickey? <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my, my progeny to you of a mighty Marvel beast. <laughs> <laughs> but Neil Adams is somewhere going, hmm, it's, uh, it's my time. <laughs> uh, How do you measure success? Hey, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Speak. I'm your host, Dave. Don, wake up. Oh, oh, sorry. Are we online? Are we, I, I'm, yeah, John. Yeah. Chris. Here, mostly. And we don't know where JD is. Oh, bastard's probably taking a nap. He is probably uh, assuming that the intro is longer. I created a new intro to, yeah, let's, I'll explain that real quick. Obviously, if anyone's watching, they might've noticed the intro is shorter and it's different music and there's nothing else. I created that to be the intro music for the interview series that we're doing. I want to, I'm going to expand upon that for the main show. But one of the things is the music that's in the background of our main intro, I got from a royalty free site, but we keep getting copyright claimed on it every time. And it does, I, it does, it doesn't matter what music you use, the places that are, that are allowed access to YouTube to make copyright strikes, like they're unregulated. And there are whole groups out there that will just send copyright strikes to everything, including including they'll take a, a music copyright strike against some place that is just like a chat with two people. Right. So and, long story short, I was like, I'm going to create my own music. I went to music. I went to college for music composition. Like I've been in many bands. I can write something real short and catchy just to be the intro and. That way, if someone tries to copyright a claim, I can go, whoa, no, I wrote that. All right. Hi, JD. Hey, you're alive. You made it. We have a, I have a seven-year-old, and sometimes when dinner goes awry, it requires <laughs> some dadding. Ah. Ah, dadding. Yes. So how is everyone doing this week? 
John, you are tired. Why are you tired? What's up? <laughs> was at Otakon this weekend, and I went to a lot of... Pal- Doing I mean, a different I, kind I of home. dadding. <laughs> Daddying. <laughs> Daddying. Yeah. As, as I was telling you, you two before we went on, like, there's panels all throughout the day, but if you want to see the some of the interesting stuff, if you are a person of culture, then nothing with tentacles gets shown until after midnight. So culture now <laughs> means a culture like when like you get your throat culture and they just let things. Ah. Yeah. yeah, a culture you get treated for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I am totally done. Just really tired, but I had a lot of fun. There you go. I, Did you take? Any more pictures than what you put on Facebook or? There's a few more. Yeah. I am really surprised at the number of people there. I think it rivals the last New York Comic Con that I went to just before the pandemic. There had to be a quarter million people there. Like I, New York Comic Con has a couple, has that one big area for, for vendors. But I think the size of the artist alley and the vendor area in the Washington DC convention center rivals that and then there's all the other place all the other places they have videos and panels and stuff and there were still times when i couldn't walk around the place especially saturday especially on, wow. actually including on friday too which really surprised me because normally fr- we've been to cons before thursday right. and fridays are light and then mm-hmm. the kids get out of school or whatever and people take off of work and but no this thing was packed to the gills yeah, nobody works anymore. People need shit to do, right? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Sadly, but, that is true. <laughs> but it was fun. Yep. Cool. How about you, Chris? We, you haven't been on in a while. There are a couple of reviews. We just put the Hulk one up yesterday, I believe. People should go check that out. But other than writing reviews for us, what have you been up to? I don't know. Nothing much. Enjoying the summer. Uh, probably working too much, writing too much. I was supposed to take some time off, but then I got a good idea. And so, I don't know. I work really far ahead. So as of right now, I've got books through 2028 planned out. But then this new idea that struck me over the last few weeks that I've been in, I think it's going to jump the line. So once I can talk about it more, I will. But probably, so I'm just excited about that. And that's it. Nothing really going on. All right. How about you, JD? I took a week off. My family was up on the farm. And it was just me and the dog. So I just caught up on some sleep and I did nothing for a week. I didn't, all I did was like go on long walks to exercise. It was really nice just to catch up and get my brain back together. And it was good. It was great, actually. But now the family's home and could got to go into school tomorrow, talk about next year's stuff. It's good. Cool. Need time off every once in a while. Yeah, it was great. Like after the two weeks leading up to it with Fargo and all that, I needed to decompress. And I don't do that enough. So for my own yeah. mental health, I think it was good. I was feeling a little tight, a little tight. So I unwind a little bit. I got this shirt at the Mall of America. It was at a Scottish store. So I got this Batman symbol with all these Celtic tribal knots in them. And I got a Superman shirt with the Scottish flag and the S. It freaking rules. Oh, nice. I thought I'd take <laughs> Can you imagine a Scottish Superman? He'd be very angry. <laughs> John Cleese mm. wrote that British Superman story. Anybody remember that? He did. I do remember that, actually. Oh, my God. I, I forgot about that, that, but I never... It wasn't too memorable. <laughs> yeah, that's why I didn't remember it. Dave, how was your week? Good. Actually, a couple 
exciting things might be happening for the podcast, which I really can't talk about yet. Apparently um, not. You, you haven't even told us. Yeah. Well, you know, um, no, no, JD. The one. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks to John. We'll be honored in a, we're going to be honored in a comic book coming up. I want to wait till oh. things are more finalized. I've been talking with our friend and he's really excited about this too. So. Mm, I have to send him some pics, some pics too. Yeah. All right. Or he's just going to use your Facebook profile picture. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> I sent him a sweet one of me and a visor. I think I might do the visor thing more often. I really liked the way it came off. <laughs> and the uh, we're going to be doing, possibly going to be doing something interesting at New York Comic Con this year. Once that all gets finalized, I will announce it on the show, obviously. And, and yeah, still doing interviews. The second one went up on Friday. That's Nicole Kane. She's a creator from Australia. There's a book called Fox and Hound. Really great conversation. We talked about the differences between American and Australian culture around comics it was cool and this week is going to be the guys from social studies adam ollyhock and his artist i can't think of his name mike i can't think of his last name but adam's interviewed you a couple times jd return in the favor so that'll be cool and yeah that's been fun doing that it's extra work for me but it's still fun and i read a comic did you guys (laughs) read a comic i also read a comic i realized i have the so it came out originally in a five-part series i'll talk about this more later on I only have the first one. That's all I ever read of it. This was I interesting all, for me. I got all five of them. I, you can't miss an issue of My Little Pony versus Transformers. That was what we we're supposed to read, right? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. And the other thing is, I watched the finale of Secret Invasion. Chris, have you watched Secret Invasion at all? Unfortunately, yes. Yeah, I know, oh, wow, JD, you have no interest in it. But um, I, I got up to episode three, and I just... Did you, you haven't watched it? No, but I, I've heard enough about it that I know the entire plot, and I know how stupid the plot. plot. Is. Yeah, yeah. My, that too. Exactly. My wife watched the first two episodes of Secret Invasion. The Michelle review was it's boring. Wow. Yes. Yeah, and then Very the ending. Boring. It's so funny because the ending is so obvious. The it ends up being two Super Scrolls fighting each other, but how you get there, they fake you out. Oh, look, Fury's giving himself up. No, he's not. Come on. I think everyone saw that coming a mile away. And then there's this Super Scroll versus Super Scroll. Why wasn't there more of that, though? Why wasn't there? We should be shitting on it because it's like trashy. And every week they're like, who can you trust? We don't know. Is this person dead? I don't know. They're alive. And they didn't hardly do any of that. It was just boring instead. Yeah, you were never left guessing. Why would you go in that direction? It's crazy. One of the the things, J.D., you said early on is like the actual comic had no real impact on the MCU. I don't think really. this is going to have I don't think this is going to have any impact on the, the the cinematic universe except one thing that's weird, Rhodey was a scroll that was the big reveal, but he but you see him being released like his kidnapped version being released at the end and they've said that he was captured at the end of Civil War. So he's been a scroll all this time like I don't know. So you're telling me this guy was a scroll during the and didn't use the when half the people in the world were gone to take advantage of things, I call right. bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It doesn't make any now, sense. There was wasn't there a thing in the comics where they were sleeper agents and they didn't know they were scrolls? There were that did yes. that was a thing yes. in the comics that was. They didn't do this. They didn't do that they, at all. So that no, could have been didn't. interesting, but they didn't I do that. When the show launched, I thought it was funny because the director, whose name in the show, her name slipped my mind. We're like, yeah, we're not. We didn't really dig too much in what the comic did. We're more interested in what we were gonna do. And it's oh yeah, good call there. It wasn't like Secret Invasion was this great story that Marvel did. 
but uh, I don't know. It got people it, interested, but which like seemed it to be a major been problem. A, yeah, it but could it, have been interesting if there was a whole like but sleeper, it wasn't. Agent, sleeper agent they aspect. Did. If they could have done who could you trust? Like they were trying to figure it out, but they didn't do any of that. Yeah. yeah. So there's this part in the last episode where the president of the United States is he doesn't know who to trust, and Fury shoots scroll the war machine in front of him and then i'm sorry i'm just spoiling all this because it doesn't matter no one cares Um, and then there's this part where the president goes on the attack and he releases a statement saying we know you're on earth all you scrolls we're gonna find you and we're gonna kill you and then there's this montage of this happening and all the bad effects of that that's the most interesting part of the show and it's a montage a minute and a half before the show is over they don't do anything with it at all. It's they could have, yes, it's yes. so it's irritating. Like time. Yeah. So, yeah. So not the Godfather. That is what you're telling me. No. And yeah. and then yeah, you've got wait one other thing. I, and this is what I've I, again I've seen clips of this. The two scrolls fighting at the end were super scrolls, right? They've got all yes. these powers. The one comment I saw was that seeing them use all the different powers and us going, oh, that's Drax. Oh, that's this. Oh, that's that. It's, that's not what gets comic book people invested. It's the personalities that go with those powers. And all we're seeing are two scrolls just using the powers <laughs> and left and right. They used to get that. Yeah, I know. And and, and the, the the other thing, sorry, Dave, one more thing. <laughs> I, I, I know, sorry. But, but the other thing is the trope of we can steal all the heroes' powers now and give them to somebody else is you have to manage that really carefully well, because if there isn't a way to destroy that technology and never have it happen again permanently, like through plot, for the rest of whatever the MCU is going to be, everybody's going to be wondering, why don't you find a scroll that you can trust and give them everybody's powers? Was it? Well, Gaia had, wait, had wait, Captain Marvel's powers for crying that's out loud. That's, no one cares. That, that's the thing no. you don't get. The show ends, there's a scroll alive that has all of the Avengers that have superpowers powers. What do you do with that? It's pointless. Nothing. There, there That's is the your answer. unbeatable character. Send her off world. Right. So you don't have to worry about it anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. Which I'm sure is what's going to happen. Well, they've never done that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like comic book writers talk about, there's this problem. You write your first issue of your series or your mini series or whatever. And then you write your second issue and you realize your first issue just gets you to the series. So that becomes your background. And your second year issue is really your first issue. Does that make any sense? I know that's mm-hmm. good. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And a lot of these shows, I feel like I've suffered from that. Like, even back into the Netflix days, like, why did it take 13 episodes to get Daredevil in his costume? Why do all these things take so long? Just, yeah. God. <laughs> yeah, the setup shouldn't take that long. Yeah. I think they're so interested in baiting a hook and not, and having to like delay the payoff that they forget that you have to be interesting in between to keep things moving. And there doesn't, it's almost like they take the audience for granted that they think they're going to be along just because of the name value alone. And so they give you too much credit as an audience or not enough credit, depending on how you want to look at it. They do both at the same time somehow because they're good at that. They really, they expect little and a lot at the same time, but that's why you get a show like this that has the lowest the lowest scores and the lowest viewership of anything yeah. that we've done Marvel-wise since Disney picked them up. And and now you have the age-old uh, problem that all anime usually deals with, the power scaling issue. Like you said, you've got a scroll hanging around there with like all the powers now. 
Like, how do you deal with that? Who cares? That's, that's all detail. Yeah, I'm with uh, well, I, I, I know, but if it was being run right, they would not uh, have allowed I, that I detail. I disagree with that because we're talking about the Marvel Universe. We applies to comics. Galactus exists, right? Galactus yeah. is true, but, but he's out there eating plants. It's fine. It takes some time to get there. You have a scroll but on Earth right that, now with, he, Captain, with Captain Marvel's powers. Yeah, but it's this is interesting. Comics. No one would care. Yeah, that's the problem. That's what, And that is the true enemy of all this is apathy. And that's yeah, what this yeah. whole series has been met with, is that nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. And then they right? should probably look at the box office returns and realize there are very successful movies this summer, and it has nothing to do with anything they care about or it, trying it, to do. It doesn't yeah. matter because, you like, take the Barbie movie. Everybody, they... Best movie of the, the most, year, by the way. Okay, so yeah. Loved so, it. like, everybody, everybody I've talked to that has seen it loves it. And instead of taking the lesson... Hasbro taking the lesson of, hey, or the, uh, yeah, taking the lesson of, Mattel. hey, we, we need to, yeah, Mattel, whatever. Yeah, they're just going to make a bunch of fucking toy movies. Yeah. It's a lesson of you, they, where people are looking for indiv- new stuff, new properties, yes, new they're ideas. Suits, they're, they're going idiots. to make a game universe. Yes. <laughs> they're going to do, they're, 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 what was it, like Saturday Night Live did a skit on now we're going to do shoots and ladders because they did Battleship before, right? And now yeah. we're literally going to get it like a shoots and ladders movie. It's like, what the hell? Literally what like even is rock. this time? Yeah. But people are, stop, are not going to see this stuff. That's no, the because, problem. But that's the problem is these guys, these suits guys, they don't, none of them really have the background in psychology or understand why things appeal to people. They try to boil it down to the simplest quantifiable reasons because none of them have a creative Four bone quadrants. in their body. Yeah, because yeah. none of them are creative. But none of them understand like appeal. So it's always, this is clearly what people want right now. When people are, when the, the story of 2023 at the box office are people are tired of franchises. They're really tired of them. I'm very curious yeah. how next week's release is going to go. Because I forgot to mention this. I got to see the Turtles movie. They had uh, one day sneak previews and I got me and Andy went and saw it. Mommy needed a nap because she had driven six hours home from the uh, farm. So daddy agreed to take our little buddy to the movies. And I won't give you my review for the show, but are people ready for it? There's been a lot of Ninja Turtle movies. Does America want another one? I don't have an answer. For yeah, that. I don't know. I have a feeling it's not going to do just because of that. Like it's it's just Could a be. retelling of it's unique characters. It's unique. Yeah, we'll talk about it next reta- week. Every retelling is unique. Pause. Yeah, but pause it, put a pin. Let's put a pin in this before okay. you guys see it, and we'll revisit this next week because they do have the, thoughts. I'm more. Look at our show, for example. Right. What sh- what episode has done the worst for us this summer? Have you been paying attention to our numbers, Dave? Do you know what show got the least amount of viewers? Uh, I don't have any access to our, our Indiana, our Indiana Jones review. Oh yeah. Like far and away has done the worst of any show we've done this year. Hey, like yeah, if, if that's better. not, but that's what I'm saying though. That was something that everybody yeah. thought was going to make a big impact this year. And it came and it went and nobody really gave a shit. No, you know, franchise fatigue. And then they also, it's real. That people hated crystal skull. People hated crystal skull. And this it, is, like, and people want to blame whatever. Remember when solo came out, that star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. That did very bad. That did very bad because people didn't like The Last Jedi, which came out six months before that. Yeah. That's that's a big part of that. What's the mm-hmm. last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles we had? A Michael Bay one. And know. Michael Bay effect on the Transformer movie happened. Yeah. So, like, he's... They want to see how... We'll have to see how word of mouth does. I mean, I think that's also one of the reasons they do. I think that's probably previews. why I think that's why they did it. So dudes like me get on Twitter and be like, oh, this movie's the best Ninja Turtle since 1990. Which is how I feel. Randy is reminding us that he is the only person that liked the solo movie. 
which is good. Stick around later. We've got news connected to that. I actually <laughs> thought it was okay compared to most of the sequels. I thought it was highly mediocre. Yeah. But I didn't I mean, love it. I didn't hate it, but it was better than the last two Star Wars proper films. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, let's do a little social media madness. Boo. Um, yes. Yeah. The first one. <laughs> the first one is a tweet from JD. Weird. <laughs> where he was right Another after guy. I had sent, I, I sent an email to the guys saying, okay, here are the movies we probably should review going over the rest of the year, all comic book related titles. And Craven was on the list. So oh, as soon God. as this came out, JD had to tweet at me that Craven has been delayed until 2024. Hopefully uh, Sony never puts it out and we never have to watch this movie. To which Randy replied, not all bad news, it seems. <laughs> nope. Uh, by the way, Beyond the Spider-Verse was also indefinitely postponed, too. That's, Here's that, the problem that, with Beyond the Spider-Verse. in the news. Oh, yeah, we'll touch on that again. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said JD's just happy because it's on our list of movies to review. And then Randy said, White Panther will return eventually. Ugh. JD <laughs> said, unfortunately. Such a good joke. <laughs> it is a good joke. I like okay. <laughs> I like the joke more than I like the potential oh, of yeah. the movie. Yeah. I might skip that. And then yeah. on our I do a shout out tweet when we talk about the people on social media. And it's funny because the response from two of our faithful listeners was JD about to destroy his router on live video. It's about the best entertainment out there. Was that really that bad? I don't remember. Keep oh, you were word. pissed. Just be sure JD does not connectively, does connectivity test before every show. That's from Kassan. And Randy commented, fine, I have right? a bad connection. And <laughs> I was frustrated. You guys have never seen me like angry. Like you were, yeah. I, yeah, I was, yeah, it was just frustration. And yet every time you get angry, that's when we get the highest ratings. Oh, and, well, the best, case, and the best comments ah, from you. If that's the case, motherfucker! <laughs> I can't turn it on. It's not a faucet. <laughs> hey, we just gained two viewers while you were doing it. All See? right. What and the hell? Hulk out. And the I last thing was we had talked about what's her face. Jennifer Garner is coming back as Electra in the Daredevil or Deadpool 3 movie. Maybe. Maybe. To which Mark. Mar- Mauricio RMC. I don't know. That's how you pronounce that. I swear I have nothing against the actress, but I want her electro. Oh, I think her electro was by far one of the low points of this movie. So frankly, unless they laugh about it, I don't see the reason for her to come back. Well's going to kill her. That's the whole. Yes, thing, exactly. It's a, it's a joke. Yeah. Thank I, you. Thank you. Kassan. He says, I get it. The best thing is to laugh it off. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fine. I appreciate it. I hope. If they do multiverse stuff in Deadpool, it's for the first five minutes because I don't really want to deal with it. I am, I'm so over the I'm concept so tired of multiverse. Of it. It's so, yeah. it's like when across, Into the Spider Verse came out, I was like, oh wow, it's a multiverse. That's really cool. And in that time since I used that sentence, I have just been beaten over the head with the concepts of the multiverse. Here's the as problem. a long time, well, as a long time DC reader, I never thought I'd say this, but I am freaking tired. Of the multiverse, but the, if Deadpool does it, you it's fine. Yeah, it'll make a joke. Pro- they'll probably do. But, they'll make so, it a joke, and that'll yeah, be that's got to be. But that's got to be the bookend. That should be telling everybody, okay, we need to stop multiverse, please. But the funny thing is, a lot of these, not all of these, but there's there's already movies in the can or projects in the can that deal with multiverse stuff. You're seeing, you know what? Here we are, and people, and how is it? And again, how's it going? How are we doing? We're not doing very good. Like, 
people are tired of this stuff. Speak, speaking of multiverse, there is on YouTube, there is a trailer for Justice League versus Godzilla. And not versus Godzilla, versus Monsterverse. So King Kong what? Is and it a cartoon Godzilla. or something? Or is it it's some a, gag? It's, yeah. it, no, it's going to be a comic. It's a comic. It's Oh, it's I'm sad. so out it's, of the loop. It's sad. All right. It's the cover of their previews. <clears throat> I'm like, oh. really? This is the most important comic you're putting out this month? <laughs> that, that's yeah, really that's sad. Is a, a crossover with a, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's very sad. With a giant lizard, which, you know, with <laughs> in the universe with Superman in it, even God's, what's Godzilla going to do? Come on. <laughs> eat him? I'm pretty sure Godzilla, okay. If all, okay, Randy, yeah, Randy says, you get a multiverse, you get a multiverse, you get a multiverse. Yeah, yeah. nice. It, if nice. all things are equal, Godzilla versus Superman, in a world where I'm not super jaded, is actually <laughs> interesting. But too I'm late. super jaded. Yeah, it's too, yeah, too late. <laughs> all right. Well, well, if, it if it were Shin Godzilla, if it were Shin Godzilla, any other Godzilla, no chance. In okay, you're right. I don't know about no chance, but Shin Godzilla and Superman is interesting because you can have all those little, like, demon dudes flicking off his tail fighting the justice. You know and, what? And Maybe this isn't a bad idea. And, and Godzilla <laughs> constantly evolving to deal with... He would turn into Doomsday, basically, at the end. But All right. That was it for the social media madness for the week. So here's our good friend Don to tell you how you can follow us on social media and be part of social media madness for next week. Enjoying the show? Do you want to be part of social media madness? Well, go ahead and head on over to SuperHeroSpeak.com You'll find all the links you need, episodes of the show, comic reviews by Chris, and other articles. We're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, you can also check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45 Baby, So Wizard Podcast, Fans on Patrol, The Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars, and you're not going to be disappointed. Make sure that you are commenting on our Twitter articles. Could be a poignant comment, could be a stupid one. Either way, gives you a chance for Dave to possibly mispronounce your Twitter handle. All right, I've rambled on enough. Let's head back to Dave and the gents on Superhero Speak. Nicely done. And uh, Randy says, Godzilla wins because he calls for Mothra. (laughs) <laughs> and then absorbs him or something. He no, needs, that was Rodan. He needs the twins to call for Mothra. True. And the, this story, the more I think about it, it actually writes itself. Oh, it's not that bad, depending on the execution. Like, I see the potential in it. And I'm... But Marvel already did it. Yeah, and Marvel it did. did it years ago. Yeah, Marvel did it. And I was going to say, I had to say thanks for that, Don. But And you can watch uh, Omega Level Nerds, but he doesn't have a podcast anymore. So. <laughs> so oh, and he said... Bring him on. He said he can't do Sundays. Don, come back. Oh. He said he can't do Sundays, guys, because he's busy on Sundays now. But he does miss you, and we'll figure we something out. All right. On that note, here is JD's favorite part of the evening. We're going to play a quick commercial and be right back with the news. Some podcasts are like this. I think that our misunderstanding concerns the intent behind what I would consider an act of love. When I pull the covers over our heads after a sizable fart and turn our bed into a linen gas chamber. It's me sharing with you, whom I love deeply, one of the things in my life that I'm most proud of, and that is the decibel level and aromatic violence that my sphincter is capable of. To bask in it together is a bonding experience that has the potential to deepen our bond of love, and she's gone. 
And some podcasts are like this. You want to make a lot of money, WB? This is what you do. Take Batman the Animated Series. Do that! Just do that in live action. Sold. Superman the Animated Series. Do that! Sold billion right there, Mr. Freeze with the dome, with the dome, with the dome. Give me a guy with a puppet who's scary as. Give me a racial ambiguous Lex Luthor. Right. I don't know what he is. <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> no one knows, knows what he is. We don't know what he is. Got a black voice. He's white, but he got big lips. I don't know what he is. But do that. Take the storylines from it if you want to, and we would love it. That seems simple enough to me. Does that seem simple enough to y'all? Yeah. Would you yeah. be okay with that? Give me a guy. Easy. Who's made of clay. Easy. He's made of clay. He's made of... No, not he got disfigured in an accident. No. He's made of clay. Made of clay. His name's Clayface. Name's Clayface. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. How do you get in a suit so tight you can't hear yourself, my nigga? She was yelling her lines at first. Tim was like, break it down. <laughs> I am Catwoman, hear me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Michelle. I can't skip even deadlier. <laughs> I feel so yummy in this. So much more yummier. Just fucking. <laughs> Michelle. Michelle. Whoa. Bring it Michelle. down. Bring, Bring it, it down. <laughs> Andrew's in the corner, like, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's metal as fuck. Metal as fucking screaming latex, bitch. <laughs> This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Cult 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm sorry. The first people in 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 that clip, I just that that guy. Where did they find these people? How are these people? Yeah, have Randy's right here. Like that was a couple. That was an actual couple where the dude was like trying to sound funny and smart, just 
giving his I wife can't... a Dutch oven. My wife would divorce me if I if we shared a podcast and I shared if I one if I did that. Two, if I shared that with people. I can't I don't know. I'm I'm stunned that I watched it. Now, the second <laughs> podcast, usually we make fun of these things, but Randy those dudes had a point. They're yeah, right. Yeah, they, they kind of did. I, yeah. I'm mad that wasn't my argument. <laughs> Batman Mask of the Phantasm from Batman the Animated Series. Still one of the best Batman movies ever made. Also, that clip of Spaghetti. Congratulations. That makes me very happy. <laughs> I, I can't believe I still can't find a sane person to date and that guy's married. I just, just got to laugh at that. Ugh. All right. So let's... T- Shut up, Dave. <laughs> just the, it's just, sad. These visual jokes don't work in the audio podcast. That's why you can stream the show every week on YouTube. All you have to do is click that subscribe button, and you should get a notification when we're launched. But we this never, one, no, yes, and you yeah. click that little bell for the notifications. Just give it a little. Watch us every week. The bell. We go live. Just give it a little. No. Hit that like button too, and comments if you're watching this afterwards. So our first article is we t- we alluded to earlier. Is so Craven has been moved to 2024 and sorry, and Spider Verse has been suspended indefinitely. But Venom 3 gets a release date. Oh my god, why? (laughs) Uh, The only one I'm interested in is the one without a date, July 2024 for um, for Venom 3. Yeah, the ones we don't want are still coming out, they might be delayed. The problem with Spider-Verse is they haven't started working on it. They aren't working on it. Like, they haven't animated it. They're not even animating it yet. The animators came out and said, I don't know what they're thinking. We're not even close to this. And they haven't, and think about this, they haven't recorded the voiceovers. Which they right. and then And now, now the writers and the Which and they the can't do now. actors on strike, yeah. But that's the thing, right. is it's like, if this movie was on pace to be released, not just in March, but in the year 2024, that would mm. have been done a while ago. The last one took four years to make, right? What planet, What? who was Sony trying to sell on this? There's no way, they, even if, we didn't, they even made if it, we didn't have a strike, this wouldn't be happening. They presented yeah. it like it was already done. They lied to you. Yeah, no, we make both of them at the same time. Yeah, and that's what gets me is like, why would you lie about your most successful Spider-Man movie that isn't part of the MCU? I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, I don't know. This is crazy. They didn't want it to take away from Craven. <laughs> <God. laughs> don't, want... don't they want a tax write-off? Can they just shelve that movie? Yeah, of all the, the things series. they try, of all the things that. <laughs> Yeah, that's the new thing. Just do that. I I will say this. The first two Venom movies did okay, though. Like, we might hate them because there's Venom movies without Spider-Man, but people... I finally watched the first Venom movie. I'd never seen it. Yeah. It's on on Disney now, so I was like, I'm going to watch it. Dog shit. It's really not good. (laughs) Not Kassan's Zero's source. Yeah, the source is the animators. There's a bunch of them that yeah. that were talking about this. They said we haven't done this yet. Like it was the plan was not to split it in two. The plan was always to make two and make them back to back, a la Back to the Future two and three. But right. they wound up having the plan was to make them both, but they wound up cutting so close to not being able to finish the first one that all resources went into finishing the first one. Because that's so, we were talking about that with yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago, where the animators were like dying trying to get it finished. Yeah. They were asking them to work these incredible hours. So. Yeah. They're lucky that the animators haven't gone on strike too. They really should. I thought they had. I thought they at least had the dialogue recorded. 
for it. That's apparently not. It's me. Now that's yeah. possible. Now it is possible, but no one's come out and said one way or the other if the dialogue hasn't been recorded. It is possible dialogue has been recorded, but Sony said we don't have the dialogue recorded and we can't record it now because of the strike. So right. that to me sounds like pawning off responsibility because that should right. have been done like two years ago. Real yeah. in, in animation, everything comes off the dialogue being done first traditionally. So someone's full of shit. What is JD, uh, what's Kassan saying here? Is Miles Morales produced in America or Japan? Different anime, like most special effects places, different houses will pick up different things. So I would assume a lot of it's done in Asia, the animation, because that's just typically what happens with a lot of right, these things. But, the, but they're all American actors, so that's right. Part so of if they haven't here. recorded the voices here, mm-hmm. then and if they haven't recorded, right if they haven't recorded the voices, then we're there's, a long ways away from that happening. There's nothing to animate. Then we have a convenient excuse. Yeah, for why the movie isn't finished. I think talk about dropping the ball on the one thing that's guaranteed to make the money. But you had to make you had to finish the one thing that made the money though first. Like you can't. It's like Superman, the first Superman movie, right? They're making Superman one and Superman two at the same time, which was a Salkin thing. That's what they did. They also did that with the Three yeah. Musketeers. So then they were running out of the money and realized, boy, if we don't have this one finished, we can't get to that one. So everything's got to go into this one before we can get to that one, which is why we got the ending that we got in Superman. Which is why Clark Kent's hair looks weird in the second one in certain scenes. Different people making different movie. That's an experience unto itself. Superman two. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, So it's not all bad news. The latest reports that have come out, the latest reports that have come out, we had said a little while ago, there were rumors that was an Adam driver, was going to be in the Fantastic Four movie. They didn't say who he was playing. <laughs> Everyone's saying, oh, he's going to be Reed Richard. Some people said he was going to be Dr. Doom. Doom. But apparently they're saying, like, that's not true. He was offered the role fairly early in the development, and he turned it down. He is not going to be in the Fantastic Four, apparently. Good so, how do we feel about this? <laughs> Disappointed, but I get it, because he, he, he made his bones in one of the biggest franchises in history and why reattach yourself to something when you get to do what you want at this point. Especially when he's so good in those indie films that he does. We just did 65 million and I don't think anybody or 65 and nobody really cared about that either. So when I thought it looked cool, I haven't seen it yet, but it looked cool. I don't know. So I just might not, one, the script might not have been great Two, He just might not have cared. He might not have any connection to the fantastic four doom or Reed Richards. A lot of times people get these offers and they don't give a crap about I can see if they were like Doom, he's I don't want to be a mask again for a whole movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah I can see that. I saw an interview with Orlando Bloom years ago where he said being in two blockbuster franchises was actually exhausting. I could see that. And it it sure. put weird expectations on him as an actor. And that's like why he's tried to avoid stuff like that since. <laughs> So. I know you're supposed to be a serial killer in this, but could you play it more like Eola? <laughs> like, <laughs> wait, Kassan had something before the one that you're Well, he's about. asking, are either, any of us watching My Adventures with Superman? I have not watched it yet. I saw the first one. I really liked it, and I haven't seen any of them since. I have seen all of them. It's nice to finally see a version of Lois Lane that isn't so stupid that the guy she works with has her totally fooled with a couple of, with a pair of glasses. To be and, fair, and it's in the comics. 
But like, uh, that's never been her. Like, Margot Kidder figured it out. That was Superman too. She's looking at the picture of Superman true. and draws glasses on him. She figures that she, the whole Superman two is basically Superman going, "How am I going to trick Lois? I can't. I'll just bang her instead." Well, now I make her forget again. Like, so let's kiss her instead. <laughs> <laughs> right. it's yeah, it's weird, isn't it? The whole that's really a weird it, movie. Yeah, but then, like, she figured it out too, and the Terry Hatcher version, like, Lois also, always figures it out. I don't know, but I'm also tired of the. Yes, I get. Lois could figure it out because if she's close enough to him, she should be able to figure it out. But at the same time, this whole argument of, oh, he just puts glasses on. I really feel like there's like Kryptonian magic behind it. Otherwise, it makes no sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's the glasses. Here's okay, the argument. Magic messes with Superman's powers. So that's he's right. Good Second, okay. Here's the thing. Does Superman wear a mask? No. No. So if you see a guy on TV and he tells you his name is Dave Smith, what are you going to think his name is? Dave Smith. Superman shows up on TV, shows him movies, people say, this is Superman. They say, oh, it's Superman. At no point is anybody worrying about who Superman's secret identity is because he is not presented as a character, presented as a character who has a secret identity. So why are, nobody is running around trying to figure out who Chris Pine really is. Chris right, Pine, that's the conceit of... That's why it works. Books, basically, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, but it's because, I mean, like, Batman, okay, that dude wears a mask. Who is Batman? Who is the guy behind the mask? Superman doesn't wear a mask. So nobody will be concerned about that. The slick back hair, that's the key to Superman's identity. Superman got yeah. the curl. But <laughs> the, more, more to Kassan's point, I've caught up on it, and it's one of the very few shows that I am desperately waiting for the next episode. It is really good. And I'm still waiting. They haven't expounded upon how his power set works in this reality. It's a little bit different, and mostly because we're basically watching Superman year one. So... It's yeah, I can't wait to see for it. It is good. It is really good. All right. The episodes are just too short though. I like super petite Lois, right? I like the I like because she's this tiny little girl and he turns to jelly around her. And he's I just I love the visual of it. There is it's adorable. Like it totally works, right? I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. I like I've only seen one, but I liked it. I gotta see the rest. All right. Um okay, yeah. You alluded to this earlier there. JD, Donald Glover will be writing the land. Donald Glover and his brother, I can't remember his brother's name, will be writing the Lando series for Disney Plus. I found this interesting for a few different things. Originally, the person who wrote the movie was going to write the miniseries, and he decided to walk away from the project. Donald Glover decided to pick it up to keep it going. Didn't but we hear from Kathleen Kennedy that they weren't going to be recasting people? That was the problem with Solo. It wasn't the problem with Solo, but wasn't that what she said? I think as an immediate reaction, yes, I believe. Yeah, I think it's a great. Donald Glover is the best part of that movie, right? Yeah. Right. I'm, I guess I'm okay he with also, it. He also started as a writer, so this isn't yeah. as uh, shocking 30 as it Rock, sounds. Right? Yeah, he yeah. wrote on 30 yeah. Rock, and that's that's a hell of a training ground. Yeah. Super right. talented. No, super talented dude. No no qualms about this whatsoever. No I'm more interested, writing. No, I'm more interested in how this got off the ground, because like pretty much anything tangentially connected to Solo Disney was like, what movie? Yeah, that, that's what I'm getting at. Not only that, who's the current president of Disney? Iger. Uh, uh, is Iger. it Iger? I thought it was the old one. Okay. Iger said, Bob Iger. oh, you know what? We've oversaturated the market with uh, Star Wars and Marvel stuff. We're sorry. We're going to stop doing that. And this kind of feels like it could possibly be another oversaturation thing. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if this is going to get me. That's my thing. They've been talking about that series for a while, right? Yeah. Crazy. They've been also, talking if about you it have, since if you have movie. Donald Glover, you probably want him to put something out. Yeah. If, you, you if he wants to work with you, you're probably going to green light it. As a, 
it's funny as a member of both SAG and the WGA, this is more like a theory. Yeah, I'm gonna do that this true. soon, maybe. True. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like he really can't technically do it. He right? really can't do it. He cannot do it. He's in both guilds. But he can go home at night and write and not not submit. No, it to Dave. Anyone. Exactly. How dare you? <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's no. Stop. Don't. Nobody, no, you're not supposed to talk about that, Dave. Stop. You about go to get, get steamrolled? Ksan <laughs> says oversaturation is code for bad content. Donald Glover gives the show prestige and higher fiction. Oh, I agree with that. I'm just surprised yeah, I'm not, they went with it. I'm surprised they went with it because, like, they tend when things don't work, they tend to go. Hmm. But then again, they are making another Ray movie, so hmm. here we are. <laughs> That's what we've been told. We'll see That's what happens. like bananas to me. It could be a n a s. Yes, bananas. <laughs> oh, hey. <laughs> oh, my that, wasn't even, that wasn't even a planned bit. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. We'll leave it at that, maybe. Yeah, the thing is, it's again with the strike going on and it isn't being written yet. Like, this is a long way off, too. The a lot can happen. Series had some problems, but it was four pretty tight episodes. And if you do it like that, I'm fine with it. I think less is more. I think that Disney has to understand yeah. this. These six, seven, eight are it's too big of a commitment. Just do three, four, right? Yeah. I'm curious how, what's her face? Asaka is going to do. Ahsoka, sorry. I don't, I don't know why I do that with her. Don't anger that fan base, man. Anyway, I'm curious because Rosario Dawson, a lot of people like her. A lot of people love this character. We've interviewed her Yeah, we, at a round table a while back. Yes. So I'm just curious what people are going to think. Or is it going to be like, ah, I'm so over Star Wars. I think there's more Marvel fatigue than Star Wars fatigue. Yeah. Yeah. And if Ahsoka does well... As long as it's not like the last season of Mandalorian. What, what is with all of these all these showrunners stumbling all of a sudden? I don't think Mandalorian. It's hard, it's hard, to, it's hard to make stuff. It's it just, is hard to make stuff. It, it takes as much effort to make something shitty as it does to make something good. Like it's, and it's a just, lot of the people just, working on it have no idea. I don't know. Is this going to be any good? Nobody knows when they're writing or creating something if it's going to be good or bad. right? You just do it. And then at the end, you go. Like, I never wrote it made a movie and thought man i'm gonna make a piece of shit here like after you're done you just go oh that wasn't what i was hoping well, unless for. You're the sometimes it's but... sometimes it's great and then people just aren't even ready for it or they're not interested that's true or, that happens a lot whatever. so it's just i mean there's yeah yeah but we it's just that we've had so many bright starts with the star wars stuff with mandalorian and all of the all the marvel stuff and now like everything that we like you didn't even watch stunning. andor and that's been the best one so far oh yeah you're right you're right. I haven't watched Andor, and I've heard it, like every yeah thing, every review I've heard of, I've read about it is just like extolling it, its virtues. It's, I don't, I don't get this question here. From is it just uh, is it just me, or is Ahsoka good women versus bad men? I have not gotten that vibe off the trailer. Possible, and I think if you've watched Rebels, you understand the history with Thrawn, and it makes sense. Yeah. Like yeah. it's Thrawn versus her. Now you don't know how it's Andor is a plus. Yeah, like there, there's a history there with the characters. Mm-hmm. Like it makes sense. And there was a bad female Jedi in the trailer. I'm really sure. Oh, she, wasn't she one of the sisters? Or I don't know. Or, no, she's one of the dark Jedi. Yeah, not, there's the, not. They're not uh, Sith. They're dark they're not, Jedi. The right. orange lightsabers. They, not right, red. The, the solid orange lightsaber. They're the only lightsabers that don't have a white glow in the middle. So it'd be interesting. All right, and then the last piece of news tonight, guys, because there really wasn't too much interesting to talk about, but I'm all in on this, all right? Marvel revealed they will be revisiting 
the original Secret Wars comic series. It's called Secret Wars Battleground, and it's being written by Tom DeFalco. I'm all in. I'm sorry. It should be written by Jim Shooter if they're revisiting the real original. That is true. (laughs) I would stop it. Tom's one of my favorite writers, so I'm definitely going to check this out. Any any interested in you guys reading this? No. Well, you say it, I'll check it out. See above, see John and his uh, there are no new uh, new ideas. <laughs> True. <laughs> no, that they, it's like when they did Civil War Two. I'm like, what? Is that what you're going to call this? Like, Civil really? War Two Boogaloo. Are we? Yeah, okay? that that was are, terrible. Are we ready to talk about that? CB Sabolsky's era, better chief of Marvel Comics, has been a big wet fart. Sure. Yeah. I think so. We yeah. can talk about it. It's just a lot of duds, a lot of problems. A lot of duds, a lot of duds. People are loving the X Men stuff, but um, I'm not hearing a lot of good things about anything else. Yeah, that's just my. my I know it's, Don and uh, my buddy Jeremy love X Men, the the current X Men run, but I, I have not read any of it personally. Some of the stuff I've read, I'm like, yeah, with it with the X Men stuff, but I read the beginning of it. and I thought it was pretty good. No, yeah. not keep I'm, up because it's impossible to keep. That's up. the problem. This is why everyone like all my friends yeah. like, oh, like you got to read X Men. It's been great since Hickman took over, and I'm like, oh, how do I read it? It's almost as bad as the Claremont days. You have to read these eight thousand books to catch up to where you were. It's just daunting. There's a lot to read if you want to. One cool thing they did with the Hickman stuff is they re-released they released them in the order in which they published them in like little trade paperbacks. That's good. So you would get like a trade that had X-Men, Excalibur, X-Factor. It had all those issues. If you wanted to keep up a bit of it again, you're going to get to buy 30 of those. Yeah, that's it's daunting. still, it's a huge commitment. You know? Which is, well, I mean, again. Of, well, I think that's part of the problem too with where we are with Marvel and stuff like that is the Marvel cinematic stuff is that it's a big commitment, right? Like following these like never ending cycles. So these never ending stories, it's a lot of commitment. It gets not Hey, I watch general hospital. Every, well, it's like that actually because general hospital or whatever, every day, that's a commitment. Right. Marvel has always been like the monthly comics no longer matter. They're all written for trades. Anyway, DC's always been better at like the perennials. Absolutely. That's one of my, and so now that we've made that transition, it's hard to get into the Marvel stuff for me anyway. No, I'm, I'm with you, man. I think that's part of been my problem with Marvel for a while where it's just, it's hard. Cause again, it is, you're right. Marvel's big thing was like, Oh, we had this big steeping continuity and everything is connected and we have this big web of stuff, but it makes it really hard to get into. Right. Whereas DC always tries to be like Marvel, but when they're DC stuff, it's pretty great. Like everything like DC, that's not like continuity focused typically for me anyway, hits, right? Like your new kingdom comes. You're just like, you're yeah, perennial. Yeah, you're perennial stories, like you said. What's what's the Iron Man story? You know what I mean? It's, it's hard to even, demon in a bottle? How old was I? Two, three, four when that came? It's, yeah, they're not no, as you're, good at it. The, the Iron Man story is Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man 1. That is literally the, the most famous Iron Man story ever. Right. And weirdly, and it's Marvel's fault that we now have all this stuff written for the trades because the near collapse of the comic book industry in the late 90s is because they tried to have their own distribution when they bought, what was it, Capital? Instead of, and then, and then DC went exclusive with Diamond and then they couldn't yeah. hack it. And then everybody had to sign up with Diamond and then Jeppy and all those guys, they wanted to downplay single issues. And so they were harder to get. And so the companies had to pivot. Everything like went to trades like eventually. Mm-hmm. So, it's no. funny. 
I was just watching a video. They did that in the 50s too. Marvel tried to be their own distributors in their mid 50s, and the same yeah. exact thing happened. And they wound up having to be distributed by DC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's why they were limited to six titles. Six issues. So that's like that's a lot you... of that early, like early Captain America. It was like they were ganged up, like Captain America and Iron Man were together. Tales, so to, were Tales like, of Suspense was Cap and Iron Man. Tales of Suspense. Yeah. yeah them around. So yeah, Marvel. Jerry, um, a lot of, yeah, Joey's trying to say Armor Wars in the 80s. Sure, in 1985. Yeah, okay. But we're not exactly talking. We can't exactly put that on the, the scale of the Dark Knight begin or the Dark Knight Returns or something like that. And you didn't even like that much. No, but it's I can admit when something is a classic without like, having to like it. Or even yeah. Batman Year One, which mm-hmm. came out in four issues in the regular Batman series. Yep. And then it's just been in print ever since. I don't know. It's just different philosophies. Totally. Which is like when DC tries to do Marvel stuff, they typically fail. Like the new 52 really was them trying to emulate the Marvel model. Didn't work. Yes. And that's immediately after. That's pretty much after Levitz left. And mm -hmm, Paul Levitz was like a great, he had a lot of power and he he used it very wisely. Like he, he's the reason, like Diamond didn't want to carry any like small independent publishers. And he said, if you want to carry DC books, you're going to have to. He's like for the good of the industry. So he made moves like that. Paul that Levitz. Was... Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. No, Paul Levitz is one of the most unheralded comic minds of the 21st century as far as the business of comics. Like he basically helped shepherd the business as it evolved from its like darkest points. Right. See, Marvel almost went broke. DC didn't almost go broke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, they were bankrupt. They were being bought right. and sold left and right. And he was there through all of it. And he was making all the right moves back then. Stuart, like he basically shepherded the industry and doesn't get credit for it. people like, oh, his Levitz was old and blah, blah, blah. Like when he left DC, it's went to the poop and has never quite been. Because the best DC, think about it, the best run of DC stuff is probably late 90s to like mid 2000s, right? That's yeah. when they were really firing on all cylinders. And that's right and when he kind of stepped They had down. all the Vertigo stuff at the same time yeah. too. I mean, that's yeah, because he let, he, let, he let people do their thing. Grant Morrison, you had this bizarre take. Oh, yeah, sure, go with it. Karen Berger, you're going to hire all these weirdos? Yeah, let it roll. Do it. Like, yeah. it was excellent at that. He does not get enough credit. Nope, I agree 100% with you, Chris. Hey, John, you've been super quiet the last 20 minutes. <laughs> I'm just soaking Honestly. in the history. You guys know all I wanted to say quite a bit happy. about it. So I was happy that Tom was writing in the story I was interested in. Uh. Oh, yeah, that's <laughs> what we were talking about. Oh, yeah, wow. that's right. That's I think good. I'm trying to... Are they going to keep Tom true knows. to the spirit of Secret Wars and try to sell us toys? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I, I, hope he brings, toys. I hope he brings Darkhawk into it. I loved Darkhawk. It's one I of those. Too. I oh think my he, God, wrote, was like he wrote the that, perfect, right? Yeah. And we're about the same age. So, yeah, like that was, I love those like early 90s DeFalco heroes. He tried to like shoehorn in that people just didn't quite take, like him and Sleepwalker. Um, yeah, he's, this is your Spider Man. I'm like, sure. I'll I've got I'm both in. of those in long boxes downstairs. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Darkhawk. I've got those, both of those, yeah. Sleepwalker. And I remember them. I, and that that's, that's about the time I was, yeah, <laughs> that's about the time I was collecting too. And I do miss, was it Vertigo? And when they did let everybody do what they wanted to, because that's when you got the best stuff. It's that's, funny. That's uh, all I have downstairs is that kind of thing. They keep putting them out and now they're like Black Label or DC or they have all these like weird imprints. Yeah, it's just, not the same. Why did you retire it? Like it wasn't yeah. a problem. The Having been, because that's like when I was talking to them is when it was the dying days of Vertigo. 
And like, yeah. they couldn't figure out what they wanted vertigo to be anymore. Cause a lot of the stuff yeah. that would have been vertigo just became image. Right. So it just right, wasn't, right. it didn't have that appeal to the big name creators anymore. It's a shame. Cause vertigo sense. is vertigo. You're going to own all your, yeah. all the rights or stay with you. Yep. So why would you? Exactly. You can own your own stuff and do vertigo or you can, let D- let Warner DC have a big slice of your thing. We never got a scalped TV show because of that, and I'm disappointed. That's right. <laughs> I love that uh, book. Oh, it was so good. It was so good. Do you All ever, right. Is it read scalped? No. Ooh. Jason Aaron. Oh dear. That's yeah, a Jason book? Aaron. Yeah. Went for 60 issues. It was amazing. It was oh. literally. It's literally one of the best things that was printed in the uh, early two in the, the late 2000s early 2010s it's so good it's a crime yeah. book it's on a, an indian reservation it's an undercover fbi agent i can't believe hbo hasn't picked it up it's that good it's nuts. i wonder if the rights are still got there's somebody weird wgn picked up the yeah i remember that wgn wanted to do it and yeah. i was like how is this gonna work so it's i wonder if the option is if it hasn't expired or something i don't know we should get turn on the show no that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah probably not Okay, David, could. I'm sorry. You don't know yet. Send him All in. Right. I will. Send him. What are we calling direct messages now that we're X and not Twitter? <laughs> a sex thing? All right. Anyway. Uh, Send him an X. An X. <laughs> we're going to find a, we're gonna have to find a new Twitter are, soon. Are DMs XMs? He, that's the thing. Shims? You know, he, he's so brilliant. He never thought anything past. I'm going to rebrand this X because he's wanted to call something X for the longest time. X so, going to give it to you. But, <laughs> going to give it to you. All right. On that note, we'll take a Kirk quick commercial break and be right back with our main topic. Once upon a time in the sewer, there were four cute little turtles. Who suddenly went through this incredible mutation process and became the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and then there was a sweet, charming rock musician. Who goes out of control, changes and mutates into Bebop. Oh, my, my. Look. They've decided to play together. And of course, they always have to be after. Now they some playmates. After these messages, we'll be right back. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. 90% nice. sure I had that as I had those as a kid. Not 100% might have been I my love, brother, but I guarantee that toy was screwing. I love the over the top sound effects when they like kick and punch. Like it's toys, but that's how kids think. Uh, oh, so. when, you had a, when you had a turtle toy, I was totally making those sounds with my toys. <laughs> <laughs> We're here to talk about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle story, The Last Ronin. Kevin Eastman and uh, Peter Lard. What year was it? I don't have that written 20, down. One. 20. Yes. Pretty recently. Okay. It's funny. Like, it came out as a five-part miniseries, and I only had the first one. And I don't know why. Did you not realize it was to be continued? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I mean, like, you, the end of that first issue is when Mikey falls out find, of the window. Yeah, and it's, You find out it's Michelangelo. 
Yeah. Right. Because there's no there's no like direct like ties to time to any of them. I think you're supposed to think it's Raphael. I'm so most, glad people, most people yeah. did because he I had all was... the weapons on, mm-hmm. on so. and he had right. it was way so too right. stories of Raph going off on his own. And and in fact, get into it right away. That's basically why Raph dies, because he decides to go off on his own in this story. Yeah, after he gets angry at something, which yeah, I think that's why they did that. Like the first one who dies. Anyway, what's uh okay, I just read the whole thing. I read the first issue when it first came out. Then just read this. John, did you read it? Was this the first time you read it? Surprisingly, yeah. I knew that it existed, but I never read it until yeah. now. And JD, you said this is the first time you read it. First time I read it. I knew of it when it was coming out, but I just, I've never read Ninja Turtles month to month in any form, really. Maybe the Archie book when I was really little, but like, I just never really collected it. Like, as, which is funny because I love the character. Not even the early black and white ones. Those. I was like four. Like- when those were coming out, I would say yeah, young. I, know, I was but a young cartoon, but they kept reprinting. Those come out, and then everyone's like, there's these like Ninja Turtle comics. They're like killing dudes and chopping their heads off. I, I okay, bought like, it. Always... I bought it. I bought it, but I didn't go to the comic book store all the time yeah. as a kid. Like I was getting my no, stuff I, off of the rack, and if it wasn't on the rack, I didn't buy it. Usually, that makes sense. I was yeah, like, those animated ones had big distribution. Huge. Like, you can find the Archie ones everywhere. Sorry, Dave. I was like 12 years old at a convenience store playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles video game with my cousin. Sick. And we're talking about the turtles. I'm like, oh, I love them, Bob. And he's like, wait, did you ever read the comic? I'm like, comic? I didn't know. I saw the cartoon and knew the toys. He's like, yeah, and he showed, he had the some of the original issues. Was that your cousin? Them, <laughs> and he showed them to me, and I'm like, this is dark. <laughs> like, this is so different from... The improbable run they make from that comic to the cartoon that comes out... I don't think it's possible today. No. Because there's if comics are IP, if if the comics are IP farms, I can't see a toy company picking this and going, you know what? Little kids would love this. That comic was like when that came out in 1984, though, it was huge. And it directly led to the black and white explosion of the late 80s, which got us all kinds of independent like books and all kinds of stuff like that. Which is why. they made their bones before even like the cartoon money. Yeah. They made and tons it, and tons of money. And I think my, sorry, real quick. I think my theory is they were like almost aspirational comics. Like when you looked at those, it looked close to what I was drawing. Like, oh, I could draw this. As yeah. opposed to you look at any Marvel or DC or even if you had your hands on other independent stuff like American Flag or anything that would have been out at that time, you'd be like, I can't do this. This looks so good. But the turtles, you're like, I can do this. This looks like something I could do. And I think that's, that's a great call. That's mm. a really good call, actually. That it does explain because it does have this DIY vibe to it, especially that first issue, because it's dudes just zero. It and pages. Yeah. And it's it's like a daredevil pastiche on purpose, but it the whole thing works to the point where even yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's crazy to say the turtles are more than daredevil, even with all the Marvel stuff now, like turtles are a far more important more important property. In the American cultural lexicon than Daredevil. Yes. My my favorite comic book property probably ever is Hellboy. I have like last count over 150 different books on my Hellboy shelf. But the single most important independent comic is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There's no there's no other contenders for all the things that it did. So, and the way that those creators also used the money they got from that to do other things for the industry as well. All right, so then same question to you. I'm assuming then you read this when it first came out. I did, yeah. 
what was your reaction when you read it when it first came out? I feel like I really liked the first issue, and then from there, I didn't like it as much. Okay. But I didn't. I do remember thinking when I first read the first issue, I was like, man, I wish this was on newsprint. I wish it was in black and white. I wish uh-huh. it was on the, that duo tone board. And then we get sections of that in the next issue. So I'm like, okay, you're starting to you're starting to bring me around a little bit. But it's got the it's got like the IDW house style to it. If you know yeah, it does. Mean. Yeah, I get you. And yeah, if you could put if you can get past that, I don't know. There's it, it's a lot of fun. What did you think, JD? Since you were excited to run out and get the book last week, this is Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird's Dark Turtle, Dark Tortoise Returns. Very clearly inspired by the Dark Knight Returns, right? Yeah, not a bad thing, by the way. I I prefer the writing. I'm not a huge I'm not a huge fan of the Dark Knight Returns. I've said that before. I liked the story. I didn't like it as much as I was expecting. I would, right? It didn't quite mm-hmm. stick the landing for me, but it's pretty good. It's a pretty good book. They are huge Frank Miller fans, and you're right. The original yeah. Turtles was like a Daredevil and a few other things. Pastiche, that- like Ronin specifically, mm-hmm. had come out like the year before. And then, so I do feel like this is the answer to stuff Miller did after that, specifically because Dark Knight Returns would have been after they created the Turtles. Well, Sin City in there too, you know. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. How about you, John? First off, remember that technically the turtles were created by ooze that dripped down into the sewer from the accident that gave Daredevil his powers. Yes, that's why it's so, all connected. Yeah, but He's uh, fighting the hand, they're fighting the foot. Yeah, yep. yeah. I never read the comic until the first until the first TV series came out, and and then you had, unfortunately, just after I became aware of it, and why, and I think I picked up a comic or two. That was when the '80s happened. To the turtles and you had the turtles rapping with vanilla ice that was the 90s and, my friend yeah, yeah the 90s. 90s. i'm sorry that's sorry that's i get my decades movie. messed up yeah my so yeah so then it was the ni- early 90s but yeah it was i just and when i worked for funk land i remember the video games out i don't remember what system at that point but yeah it just i i and then there there was a guest appearance on the power rangers oh yeah yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the live action turtles. The next and Power mutation. Together. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, this book, though, it's not for me. But that said, I'm always aware of the fact that there are certain things that I look for in books and gritty, gritty, bad endings of beloved characters <laughs> is not the uplift I need in my life right now. But it, it was very well written, I think. And I like the after credits scene, too. Which is the setup for the sequel, which we talked about last week. Hmm. I don't know. I liked it. I think I'm with you guys with the end of the book. It's not... It f- I think the ending fits with the story they're telling. This being the last showdown between the two clans and all that stuff. There was. I don't think there was any other way that it could end. And that's the and, sad part. And it's funny, because going back to my cousin showing me those original books and going... Being... Like, I didn't think about it at the time, but as I got older, I'm like, it's such a funny, fascinating concept. Take something that's ridiculous, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, these mutated turtles. It's a ridiculous concept, but put them in a serious story. And, like, they're actually killing bad guys, and they're really ninjas, and they're really fighting and all this stuff. Like, it's absurd. It's absurdist humor. And I think that's why I I was drawn to them. Um, Yeah, and then they got mutated. How many times is this 
franchise been rebooted seriously too. seven or eight it. every decade really easily yeah like every decade they've been rebooted in some way uh some fashion That's and not- so when you so then when you pick this up because you haven't i haven't revisited the comics since i read some of those original issues it's oh this is what i remember this is cool and i did the flashback scenes being done in the original style the black and white oh this is something i could do feel that you were talking about chris where it's that was cool that was a good homage to their own work but yeah i don't know i don't like the sad ending i guess that's my thing i think they knew this was going to appeal to people that hadn't been into it in a long time so i think that's why you yeah. get baxter stockman and the mousers and all this stuff from like the first couple of issues yeah stuff that old people like us are going to remember I think that's probably why a lot of that's in there. I don't know how much of it before crying I mean, or whatever. Because I don't keep up with it either. So I don't know how much of it's within present turtles continuity. I don't think it is. I think it's I think it's more inspired by by the basic like when I say the end of it, because it's always like the TMNT cartoon movie that came out in like 07. Right. It seems like it's that's like the good post what we think of as turtles continuity, because you have cry more. Right. It's true. Electra. I had a sneeze, sorry, and I had to hit mute rather of blowing up my <laughs> diaphragm on the microphone. No, so you have the Karai stuff, and you have the turtles, not necessarily as teenagers, but older, right? Like right. your early 20s Ninja Turtles. So this kinds to, this seems to like spread out from that point, like a, a generous look at what we would consider the end of the youth of the turtles. And it grows from there. Not what we would think of as, because like when you start with, when they start with the turtles, you always get turtles are here, they're kids. Shredder, Splinter, all that stuff. This seems to seem to. It does. It eschews all that and is like your post apocalyptic turtles, even though it's not really an apocalypse. It's more like a just shitty world turtles. Which made me wonder why it doesn't just take place now. Like, why do the post apocalyptic thing? I'm rapidly going towards that pokes. No, Talk about but... global warming. And <laughs> I just uh, don't know and... if there's enough of it that it seems that way. Does that make sense? No, it does. Cause I wasn't sure if it's supposed to be post apocalypse or if it's just like, man, the future kind of sucks. And there's a fine line between Mad Max and Blade Runner. And it seems, this seems to lean more toward, but not like more toward Blade Runner than Mad Max. You know what I'm saying? There's definite things that make you wonder is yeah. something happen where, but there's nothing like real concrete about. Yeah. Did, yeah did, a moment. It, there, there is also an element or an aspect of this about inevitability, right? And I just, this actually, was it Jim Butcher is going through this right now because in his last book, he killed off one of his main characters that was beloved. And the point of it wasn't to anger the fan base. The point of it was the character could not act in any other way than that which got them killed. That was the character. And in this case, it it really does showcase that the turtles were brought up with this, this tradition and code of honor, right? But this tradition of we are at war with this other family and we can't trust them and we have to win this war. We have It wasn't exactly revenge on their side, but then... Shredder's side was always pulling a fast one and, and keeping the war going. And there was like, it's a very sad, it's a very sad story that Michelangelo with that, the, the most fun one of them all, even he was trapped in this inevitable trek towards trying to finish this war. Yeah. Kassan he had says, no other choice. He literally yeah. had no other choice. It was all he knew. 
Kassan saying, it's really interesting to hear the pushback against the tragic ending. If creators avoid tragedy and the characters have plot armor that detaches from the stakes. Detracts from um, the stakes. Yeah, and I'm the first person that gets really upset when you kill off a main character that's beloved and that sort of thing. And it has to be done right. But there are certain situations, J.K. Rowling, Jim Butcher, with, I won't spoil that one, or it's just, it's just sometimes you write a character and I, J.D., you're a writer, you're almost everybody's a writer except me here. So sometimes you write a character and they have a will of their own and there are some things that you cannot make them do without breaking their character. So... Yeah. I don't know. It's there's a fine line when you're dealing with properties, and the fact yeah. this is an Eastman layered story that's not even basically. It's pretty much out of continuity thing that you can yeah you can break the toys a little bit, knowing that they're not actually breaking them. This right. almost feels like a DC. Like this is very much like a DC story. Like I yeah, called, like I compared it. Yeah, it's very much an Ellis Worlds. It it has a lot of elements of like I said, Dark Kingdom Come or Dark Knight Returns or those kind of things. So it's Dark nice. Dark Turtle to see, Returns, like you said. Dark Turtle Returns. Yeah, <laughs> it's nice to see these characters in a different environment, right? And see them different, especially the turtles, because there's so many interpretations of what they are, right? Almost since since 1987, we've been getting, we've been dealt out different versions of the Ninja Turtles. We've never had anything like this before. So it's pretty cool in retrospect. I wish I liked it a little bit more than I do, but I love the concept. uh, I thought it was a little too plotty. I agree. Not enough character moments. A lot of very... Dry. Too much going on, and I was yeah. like, I don't, I don't necessarily need all this. So, could have used some air to breathe, maybe a few more issues yeah. to work. What about a few not, more not, issues? Not necessarily, just a little less tasks for them to accomplish, or I, I don't know. Yeah, there's not enough, and I don't know if it's too, but it's because Michelangelo's on his own and just his mental ghosts of his brothers. But you don't really get a lot of action and character play between anybody, like. It's almost like this could have been like a lone wolf and cub kind of thing, but there really was no cub till the end. There wasn't enough. There wasn't enough. Emo- like, my recommendation yeah. for later. <laughs> my bad. Mm. There wasn't enough of, of Michelangelo f- feeling things that weren't just like superficial, right? Like I didn't get a lot of character, not character beats. Cause again, that's very, it feels very story driven, right? Like this happens and then yeah. this happens and then this happens and then this happens and not a lot of room for the characters to like breathe a little bit and get to know each other. Like we don't really have a moment with Michelangelo and, and April. There are three writers. Characters. There are three writers yeah. on this book and that would be my guess. It's it feels like Eastman and Laird are telling the other guy, you got to hit these beats. And yeah. then those are the things he's focusing on. So yeah. Yeah. It makes sense that this is the result. Which, to be fair, the original Ninja Turtles book wasn't really known for its characterization. It was very, like, the stuff that I have gone back yeah. to, it was very plotty. And that's, I think, Tom Waltz, like, remember Andy Schmidt was editing Turtles when I was taking his classes for a comic experience. And so I was following up on it. And I just, I, I never felt like it was lively enough to be a Ninja Turtles thing. It doesn't have to be, like, childish. But I wanted, I want these characters to feel more lively when I'm reading them. And in this case, I get it. Michelangelo should be somber. He's probably like middle-aged mutant Ninja Turtle at this point. 30-something. Yeah, exactly. But it would have been nice if there was someone, there was like more interaction, more people, more like characters for him to play off of. It just didn't, it didn't deliver in that aspect for me. True. And is he 30s? I don't know. I don't know. Didn't he mention that he was 100 at that point? It can't be because April's not dead. True. Yeah, the daughter well, said that, but she—I assume she was just being the uh, yeah, symbolic. 
Yeah. Facetious. Yeah. Because they do a grip, they make April look old in this. But not a hundred. Not a yeah. hundred. I don't know. That's a good question. At least was, 16 years in the future. It was an interesting concept that they, they were continuing to mutate. Like, what would no, they become she, later? That was it. I did like that, how Michelangelo's continued to mutate. No, because we're talking about Karai's son. So it's he's got he might be about 50. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. They're probably yeah, in the yeah, 50s. Um, yeah, and that was a good touch. Um, the fall should have killed him. It didn't because he's still mutating. And then mm-hmm. that's also when you realize he's much bigger than everyone else at that point, too, right? They never made the turtles look huge or anything like that in the comics. They were teenage mutant turtles. But in this, it's like he's towering over everyone else. At that yeah, point. if you look at the Force Ghosts, they look like younger. They look like versions of him that didn't take roids, that weren't drawn by Jim Lee. Did it bother anyone else that, okay, April has a daughter, right? So then you're introducing sex into the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the <gasps> turtles don't have anybody to fuck except each other. So that was like just really worrisome to me. <laughs> what is it? Some turtles, some turtles like frogs can asexually reproduce. And that's fine. If that's what you ain't talking about, do, that's, you ain't talking that's about totally reproducing. Cool. <laughs> I'm talking about having a good time. Four turtles never got any tail. <laughs> uh, we don't have to bring that in. So John, I, it's just I, like the turtles. Uh, as I understand it, Eastman <laughs> sold his shares. From what I've seen, Eastman sold all of his shares for the turtles to Laird, and Laird sold them to Viacom, which yeah. is now Paramount Global. Nickelodeon, yeah, yes. yeah. yeah, but do I? But as I understand, it, they still retain some rights to. And they can release comics. Yeah, they that's can what they independently. Want. They can yeah. independently publish. So that's what I was talking about earlier about how important they are. So both of them took different paths, and this is after. So this is after the Ninja Turtles becomes like really popular, and they make all their money, and they don't no longer have time to make comic books anymore because they're dealing with lawyers and shit 24 hours a day. So Eastman goes off and creates something called Tundra Publishing, which was a short-lived comic book company. It only lasted from 1990 to 1993. Hmm. He spent $14 million on it in three years. Wow. This sounds like a failure, and it was a spectacular failure. But it brought us things. Okay, it was the first publisher of From Hell by Alan Moore and Eddie Campbell. Oh, yeah, Phenomenal yeah, yeah. Phenomenal Madman by Mark Allred. Oh, okay. It was, the first, it was the first publisher that did Understanding Comics by Scott McCloud. Probably the most, one of the most important comics that's been produced in my lifetime. I first found it in college because someone was, like, teaching it, and I just bought it in the college bookstore. So a lot of important things, like, came out of that, even though... It ended up being a failure, and I think Kitchen Sink ended up buying all their properties. And then Laird went a different direction, and he created something called the Zurich Foundation. And part of that was the Zurich Grant, which gave money to independent cartoonists to help pay for printing and distribution of their books. And that went on for 20 years, and that would give out twice annually prizes to like dozens and dozens of cartoonists. And from that, we get Jeff Lemire was a recipient of that. Tom Scioli, like lots of cartoonists that are still mm-hmm. active today and making like comics. So that's just part of the part of just like the important stuff that they like did. That's incredible. Yeah. If you ever watched the toys that made us on Netflix, they talk about the turtles and obviously they don't get into the comics because it's more about the playmates and stuff. But there is a lot of like 
how you said he sold Laird sold the all his shares because he got tired of dealing with all of the garbage around it. Like he just wanted to make comics and stuff, and it was all like, oh, we want to have a live show or. Oh, we want to reboot them again, or we want to make them dance with iced vanilla ice or whatever. Whoa, whoa, yeah, iced tea is not tea. dancing with Ninja Turtles. Come on, true. The deal that they do have where they can still release uh comic books, you can't get that kind of deal anymore. Depends on how powerful, understand. depends on how powerful you are. The Viacom wanted the property. That's what Jeff Smith has the same kind of deal for Bone with Scholastic. Oh, Bone, he's, he's I they were supposed putting, to be a movie. He's, I want to keep putting out the complete collection under my own cartoon books right and they're like how many do you sell these i don't know like eighty thousand over there like yeah we don't care (laughs) that's not even that's okay fine that's not even worth scholastic time and the thing is yeah and the thing is why can't viacom doesn't want to make comic books they just want to make cartoons and yeah they want to license they want to get licensing fees for other people making comic books yeah yeah it makes sense all right. Well, then let's get back to the book a little bit. All right. So we all said we were a little disappointed in the ending. John, I was bummed about it, but I wasn't disappointed. I thought the okay. first issue was the best, and then and then from there it's what's something get, that the flashbacks and stuff it gets a little wobbly for me. But what's a what's something? We'll start with JD. What's something that you really liked in the book? Stood out as oh, this was a good idea or a cool concept. I think the whole concept works on its own. Like when you go to the, that's why I wanted to read this thing. I think the bare bones concept of the final turtle, right? Yeah. Like I just started like the Omega turtle, if you will. I'm going to keep coming up with these goofy names. Like, (laughs) I like, I just like the concept of it. And I like the bare bones of it. Like when I explain the story, I, there's nothing I have. I disapprove of the shredders grandson finally took out the turtles and the one left. It's like Charles Bronson, right? The one turtle remaining is going to get revenge. Right. That all works. It's in the execution that kind of gets me. I think the plot is fine. I like the plot. I like the concept. I love the high concept. It's the yeah. character stuff that loses me. Yeah. The like the black bandana and all yeah, the weapons. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> He's the angry middle aged radio actor. <laughs> What's something yeah. that you really liked about the book? I guess I would just agree with JD. I liked that. I guess I liked that April was there, so there was somebody else. Yeah. I wish they had more to do together, maybe. Yeah, I agree with that. But it was good to have at least one more person from the past that was around to understand what he was going through a little bit. Okay. How about you, John? Uh, I actually think they could have mined this a little bit more. You guys were saying that they should have... They should have expanded on the relationships and had some moments together where they could have, you know, given us more about how they related to each other at this point in their lives. I think they could, there's with Stockman still there and his relationship to Shredder's grandson and all that. And the state of the city. And like we said, we weren't told why New York was already underwater. Although it's reality is rapidly catching up to that. Probably guess. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot of stuff that they could mine there. And they are. The IDW's come out with, was it Lost Day and Lost Years and a couple of others? And yeah, they're doing the... Hmm? Yeah, they'll milk it. Don't worry about it. It's They're not dynamite, <laughs> but they will certainly I, squeeze I it know, for all it's worth. Yeah, but they could have done more like with the with this progenitor story. I don't know. I'm not disappointed with it. Again, like I'm looking for things that are uplifting in my life. 
given my life right now, but I still think it, it's well worth a read, well done, and very well done. It's just like you said, like you guys are alluding to, it's brief in places where it should have been more introspective or should have been deepened a bit. Okay, Dave, I there was an underlining theme I didn't pick up on until the end, and I dig that they did this, and it's that. Mikey can't die until he's finished. There's so many times in the book like that could something could have killed him and it doesn't. Like falling off like the first issue, falling off that building, and he survives it. And then there's things in the flashbacks that like he should have died and he, he survives them. And it's just I feel like that was part of the story. Like he has a job to do. So even though everyone else is gone, he can't die until um ending the the fight is finished. And I thought that was a cool concept that's kind of hidden in the book so I enjoyed that. yeah <laughs> yes again the the leap home um and again i like the flashbacks and how they were done in like the original style and i do uh, too i wish the lettering matched that more yeah it was a little, huh. it was a little jarring but that's I don't know, just being nitpicky i don't need to complain about it. i and i agree with you chris the first issue has a the first part first issue has a much different feel to the kind of story they're telling. Like he's on his own, and he's the ghost of his brothers is talking to him. And then once he gets fi- found by April, the whole tone of the series changes. Mm-hmm. And I agree. That's one of the things, it's, and it's a little jarring as well. That's, so that's something I didn't like about the, the, the series. How about you? It's got, Go a ahead, lot of samurai, it's got a lot of Samurai Jack to it, actually, now that I think about I it. it. Yeah, that makes sense. What was you know, your Samurai Jack... He he was always on his own. That was the problem. Yeah. But was it what was it? Gennady Tartak? Who who did? Yeah. yeah. Was it Gennady? It was Gennady mm-hmm. Tartakovsky. He did it. He did that very well in provide in basically experimenting with ways to provide exposition through sound and visuals instead of having somebody say something. So, like they could have done that a little bit more with this. But at, at some point, he had to meet April. That was like. I feel like there's no way you could take that out as part of this story. At but, some point, the tone was going to change because meeting April and then her daughter is going to bring you a little bit of hope. And that's going to change the place that he was in when he was breaking into the city, think, figuring, I'm going to die very soon. Because he also, this is a death wish. This is a hmm. suicide mission. He knows it's going in. But it's not a it's not a wish. He's he has to do it. That's the way he was basically programmed. Right. From from basically when he was a turtle before he even Tomato tomato. Yeah, it's like I said, it's a Charles Bronson thing. I'm gonna go do this. Even though he made like five of them. That was the idea was I was gonna one last one last thing that I have to do before it's my time. Hmm. Yeah, but and that's the thing too, because once other characters start getting involved, the brothers get pushed back. It becomes a much more minor thing in the book than them talking to him throughout the, the book. I wish we never saw them and it was just their dialogue. Yeah. Behind Because I, I liked that effect and I wish they had stuck to that. I realize that's probably difficult to make that look interesting for however many pages this is, but that would have been neat. No, yeah, they could, they, they could have, but I think... The way I, I think the way he was pushing it was that at the end he was rejoining them and he wanted that visual and he was setting that visual up through the so yeah, that's what I mean. I feel like it would have had more impact if you don't see them until that moment. But, I, give you, I agree yeah, with that. That makes sense. 
Yeah. How does April know it's Mikey? She recognizes him. Probably yeah, just recognizes him. If twins, you know which one's mm-hmm. which. Okay. Are you saying all uh, turtles look the same, Dave? Yes. <laughs> oh. Yes, I am. I'm a turtle. Filthy mutants. That is why they all had different colored bandanas when they became a cartoon, so that you could tell them apart. But every iteration since then has tried to vary them up a little bit. That's true. Give one of them glasses. and One of them, Raphael's typically bigger, right? Donatello's yeah. typically leaner. Yep. Michelangelo's usually and the Mi- shortest. And Mikey's eyes are usually the ones that are going <laughs> like Google, crazy eyes. Googly eyes, yeah. <laughs> Speaking about the differences, I think one of the, the drool that kinda, off of that. <laughs> one of the storytelling elements that kind of didn't work for me was Raph dies because he gets angry and goes off on his own. And that's like in a lot of stories, that's always been his Achilles heel, right? His anger. Yeah. It, okay, so that's his undoing at the end. But they didn't do that for the other two. Leonardo has always been doubting himself as a leader. Right. So they could have done something where he doubted himself and then that's what got him killed. And then um, I'm not sure what you do for, for Donnie, but it's but they didn't do that. And I felt, oh, that would have been more impactful. Their death yeah, would have been more impactful can, if they did that. You can try to pack too much meaning into everything, right? Uh, because Mikey's not fun loving in this at all. He's very dead serious. And that's Same. and you can. It's Mikey's yeah. story. It's Mikey's story. Right. It's, it's not the story of the fall of the turtles. It's the story of Michelangelo. I picking get it, up but I'm just saying, I think it would have made it more impactful altogether. <laughs> and that could have been the lesson he learned is he's got to stay serious to be able to be successful. But he's not as if to stay serious. He's in depression. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. He's miserable. Well, he's not out. serious. Like he's suicidal. That's what this is. So it's not, it's really the story of a guy who's lost everything, including his own care, his own like most defining characteristic. Yeah. It's remarkably depressing in a lot of ways. It is. <laughs> Yeah, and also there's no pizza. So, yeah, yeah, a lack of pizza lack of in the book. Mm. Big problem. Not even a deep dish. <laughs> Kylo Shredder forbidden pizza in this world. Yeah, it was, it was outlawed. <laughs> Kylo Shredder. Kylo Shredder. <laughs> that was that's brilliant. Yeah. You didn't see all the signs in the background with like pizzas and like no, no pizza. <laughs> <sighs> what did we think of the? I can't even think of the character's name. The main villain. I thought um, he was a little over the top. By the end, it's fine. I, I do think he plays more caricature than character, but he's more of a yeah. he's more of a force of nature than a character. So I was okay with it. Okay, I'm Karai is a much more. I always thought Karai is a more interesting character than Shredder, but I didn't feel like this from her son. I don't know. Like I said, there's a lot of character stuff that I think the series lacks. Yeah, I wanted to like. Yeah, I wanted more from him, but. We just didn't get I like it. He, I like how he puts a blade through her face, though, at the end. That was kind yeah, of Yeah, it was cool. pretty cool. I can't argue yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, since it's not, it's not continuity and it doesn't really matter, I wish somehow it could have been Shredder. Like, why yeah. not? How yeah. hard would that be to figure out? I don't know. Yeah, it is a comic book. Anything's possible, right? Yeah, exactly. So. Turtles in time. There oh. you go. Different oh. story, but yeah. sure. <laughs> Yeah, just remember there is a turtle universe because a multiverse. Like, there is a turtle multiverse because there several of the cartoons and I believe there was some they have crossed tur- over. Turtles, they have crossed over. The yeah. turtles forever. Multiverse, everyone drink. Yeah. They actually were ahead of. They actually <laughs> were ahead of. They were doing the multiverse stuff in two thousand eight. I want to say. Yeah, before anybody. Yeah, it's way ahead of the curve. So that's the answer to everything. Yeah. Unfortunately, has been the answer to everything. Sadly, yes. 
The answer to and detriment of everything. Cause of and solution to. <laughs> yep. Doesn't this a, a potentially give you a, another turtle multiverse? Because you can say, this yeah. is out of continuity, but you're going to now mine from the story things. And then, yeah. I'm sure um, that it, I'm sure that will happen at some point. Though, as I was searching stuff online about this, there is a last grown in action figure, and I want it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. So. It was uh, a Roko Hiroto. That was there the, it is. the main. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it was very, he was just, there wasn't a lot of character and it was very over the top. And one, one last thing. There were, there is a lot of stuff in here that in, I know this was written for people that knew the history, uh-huh. but they, again, they could have added a few more issues, dived into some of the relationships and explained a few things. Honeycutt. The only, his one action in this is, oh, hey, <laughs> let's blow this shit up. And that was it. I feel okay, that was a but, little clunky. They introduced him just to use him immediately, which right, they probably they, should have introduced him a little sooner. Yeah. Yeah, I and, agree with they, that. But at the same time, look at The Dark Knight Returns. They don't explain everything about the past of Batman. Just, sometimes they can get buried in a story when you try to do too much backstory. Most people yeah. fall in love with these intricate backstories, and all we really need is like, some plot, some basic points, right? And then you Fair just enough. move on from there because we're far more interested. It's, your story should be about your story, not what happened before yes. your story. I would actually, as much as I like the artwork of the flashbacks, I would like to see a closer Dark Knight Returns take on this where there are no flashbacks and you're just dropped in. Let's go see what happens. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, that's, been, that's one that's of the things I was going to say. Totally preference for me. If you cut the flashbacks out of this, it's actually probably what three issues at most, and it's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, you can tighten the story up a little bit more, and yeah, yeah, this probably could have been a more interesting four-story, four-issue arc, and then got rid of the flashbacks. Right, yeah. or the opposite of what you think, John. <laughs> but I will. But again, but it's also because as a fan of the. Source material. It's I did. If you're gonna say, oh, the other three died, I want to see how they died. But do you really need it for the story now? Part of me wonders nope. if, this, if the mistake of this wasn't doing it as a miniseries and not just doing a series. Oh, yeah, like an ongoing. Yeah, and just let it. Just let the let the story go and let it end where it ends. Because stuff feels it's weird. I feel like we have so much plot yeah. forced in because yeah. they have so many ideas and nothing has the room to breathe. Whereas if this had been worth the stories a lot more ground to one maybe hit some of those flashbacks and without being so over the top of them to let michelangelo breathe in this new world because this new world has no i just said the, the analogy but i'll say it again breathing room right there's no room to really grow and become something onto itself it's just there oh i got a new one t for turtle v for vendetta t for oh boo Lame. i think that uh, i think they no you're right because corner. i think you're right because they said Here's our beginning. Here's what we want in the middle. Here's the end we want. And then they just plotted the story based on that instead of letting it be organic. Yeah. yeah. Straight, they did straight lines instead of, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't yep. disagree, but I doubt we'd be talking about it if that was the case. No, let's look at it this way, though. If you weren't trying to get from A to B to C and just let A go to B and then you had more room in between, maybe you get a better five-issue arc, right? And then yeah, you can let it keep yeah, continuing. That might be true. I'm, I'm speculating, but it's just a thought that I have. Yeah, it just yeah, seems like they try to. It just seems like they try to shoehorn so much in. They're mm-hmm. gonna have another hit at that. 
but that's the thing is now we have another now we have another story anyway so you got there and it's all maybe we didn't need all that yeah, that's true. Well, it, it doesn't include the original turtles, though. They're, I mean, they're dead, dead. But I don't need the, I guess we'll the idea. I think the idea of, yeah, you never know. I think the idea of this could have been like giving Michelangelo a chance to be this new version of himself in this world with some breathing room, I think could have worked. Yeah. Hmm. All right. I think when the conversation gets to the point where John's trying to create puns, time to go. Time to wrap it up. <laughs> so let's just go around real quick. Uh, final thoughts. And do you recommend the book? Yes or no? Chris, you can go first. Yeah, sure. Go ahead and read it. Why not? Especially if you haven't checked it out in a while. Uh, All right. If you used to like turtles and you, yeah, it's always there. Go for it. JD? It's not a bad book by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's good. It's pretty solid. Like, I would give it a read because maybe you'll find something of it that, that you liked. I would love to see this adapted, right? Because I would love to see another creative put their spin on it and see yeah, if they can. And that'd be like a second draft. Yeah, I think this could have used, I think that's a great way to put it. I think this could have used another draft. But I think the concepts that are broached are interesting enough that, that they're worth an investigation. All right. And John? Two shots in 45 minutes. It's well worth a read. But two shots and have 45 <laughs> minutes set aside for it. You took two shots? To t- no, I was on the road. Three shots. Oh, okay. now, I, you read this I, I, while you were driving? What? I'm no, no. I read he was one. drinking, reading and, this, and driving all the way. Time seems like yeah. you like to oh live dangerously, sir. Superhero speak does not condone the actions. <laughs> <laughs> Where did we go off the track with this? I, no, I don't I, know. I was in Washington D.C. at Oticon, and I went to the bar to read it before before one of the more oh. cultured panels at midnight. <laughs> Yeah, comic so, convention is the only place you could find a bunch of people reading in a bar and it would be normal. Yeah, oh, dude, almost every if they weren't cosplaying, oh, you were read they were reading yeah. like manga or, or it's the know. only that is the only social experiment that can because if you're reading at a bar normally, you're like, What's with this loser? But if you're at a comic convention, it's all oh, that guy's reading. Of course he is. He got all these new books. It's weird. Comic my I used to have a Friday night thing after work where I would go to a bar and read. Thank you for that. <laughs> Uh, I'm not telling, I'm not saying anything that nobody else already said. <laughs> all right. I highly recommend it. I thought it was fun. Not fun, but I thought it was interesting. It is the fun. Fun is not what this book is. It is the not the, most, is fun, the most fun Ninja Turtles property ever put out. It is the Dark Turtle Returns. It definitely, and I feel like if you're a fan of the original run of the books, yeah. And this, this would be a good bookend. Like if you have the, the original, collect it. And then this would be a good bookend to it. And then if you're not a fan of any of the interpretations since then, you can forget them all. Just, if this is I it. think that's probably the best <laughs> way to look at it. This is the end of the Eastman and Laird Ninja Turtles story. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. If your experience with the Turtles is the 1987 cartoon and that's it, stay away. Yeah, stay far away. <laughs> all right. Let's wrap this one up, guys. Let's go around. Did you learn anything this week or do you have any recommendations? And Chris, you can go first. I never learn anything, so no. My rec- I forgot to bring it in the room with me, but my recommendation would be, so we know Eastman and Laird were huge Frank Miller fans. Mm-hmm. Those were, especially his Daredevil run, those were his famous comic, their favorite comics. You can get those in trades. They are good. But Frank Miller's favorite comic was Lone Wolf and Cub, and I would recommend that. Dark Horse has all kinds of versions that you can pick up, I'm going to buy. They're great. So that's it. Ooh. I don't have it to show, but it's because I forgot to grab it. 
All right, JD. I think if this series had stolen more liberally from Lone Wolf and Cub, it would have delivered a little bit better. Yeah. Right. If you like the Mandalorian, you'll like Lone Wolf and Cub. Comics. That's a great yes, because that's what it is. Huh. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I haven't learned a goddamn thing, as per <laughs> usual. I will recommend you go see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: The Next Mutation because I saw it this Saturday, and I am looking forward to discussing the show next time. Next, or discussing the movie in the next show. Interesting. Okay, John. I will recommend watching My Adventures with Superman on Max formerly HBO Max. And if you are watching, what is it? If you are watching One Piece, when you get to the Long Island mark, skip to episode 226 and you will save yourself a lot of either alcohol or joyless watches. There you go. That's it. John recommending something to avoid alcohol. That's highly unlikely. (laughs) Alcohol is expensive. You got to use it at the right time. That's not the right time. The, that that whole arc sucks. All right then. Oh, oh wait. Fine has a recommendation. Check out the Castlevania trailer. It looks fantastic. Oh yeah, boy. It's you want blood. You you want yeah. That stuff is nearly NC seventeen, man. You be be careful with those. Really good series, man. But whoa. I you know? learned that John is multi talented because he can read, drink, and drive all at the same time <laughs> and not get arrested driving from Washington, D.C. to Pennsylvania. Kill anybody. He's a hero uh, to yeah, us well, all. Hold on. I haven't watched the news yet. We don't know. Uh, hero and a villain, sir. <laughs> I also recommend, to, if you're watching right now, hit that subscribe button. Click that bell for the notifications, and you won't miss when we go live every Sunday night. Talk about crazy things like The Last Ronin. And, yeah. What's the movie called again? Mutant Mayhem. Mutant um, Mayhem. Teenage Mutant. That's my reckon. My real recommendation. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mutant Mayhem. Because we will be talking about that next week here on the podcast. Oh, I forgot. Go to superheroespeak.com where you can find links to all our social media at the top of the page. The podcast every week. Comic book reviews by our good friend Chris. And so much more. And there we go. That's it. I'm done. On that note, boys and girls, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let your cape caught in the door. Have a good week.